Today's Q&A is about tartaric acid. And the question is that someone told me that tartaric acid made from non-kosher wine could be used, is used in kosher food. And how in the world could that be? How could it be that something from non-kosher wine could end up being in a kosher food? So the answer is that actually it's true. And um, I'm going to explain, in order to explain why um, some many people hold that that's appropriate, I'm going to have to dig a little into the halachas of stamyayin, or non-kosher wine, a little deeper than we might otherwise usually do in these kind of Q&As. Um, so it goes as follows. The Gemara says that if you have seeds from not left over from a non-kosher wine production and they dry out for 12 months, those seeds are now permitted. There. Even though the wine was not kosher, the seeds become permitted. And m- most understand that the same is true even if you don't wait the 12 months, but instead you find a way to mechanically dry out those seeds. That's just as good. Now, Rabbeinu Tom says that that, this leniency, this kula, excuse me, is only in cases where the person first soaked or rinsed the seeds to make something called temed. Temed is like a, <clears throat> something that's like wine. It's extracted from the left, all the leftovers from wine. You, you rinse these things out and you get, you flow water through them to get something out of it that's sort of like wine. Um, so first you have to make this temed, with these seeds, and then dry out the, dry them out. That's what makes them mutter. But if you just dried straight, you just took it right out of the winemaking and you dried it, that would not be good enough. And the Shulchan Aruch in Halacha Yudalad, Kuf Chavkim Halacha Yudalad, agrees with this and says that that's correct. Now, two Halachas later, that's Halacha Tezvav, he brings a Rajba, who's also looking at the same idea, and he says, well, you're allowed to use, um, if you have barrels that we use for non-kosher wine, and on the sides of the barrel, these um, crystals form on the sides of the barrel, that they get sort of like left behind on the barrel. You can use those barrels, for, even though the, the barrel had been previously used for non-kosher wine, you could use it for kosher wine without taking those crystals off. Now, those crystals are so dried out and that even in modern days, when we try to get them off, they use jackhammers and chisels to break them off. That's how hard and dry they are. So he says, these are so dry that even Rabbeinu Tam, who said dried out is not good enough. You have to do this temid process and then dry it out. In this case, he would agree because it's so dried out um, that you're allowed to use it even without making this temid thing first. Okay, that's a disagreement. That, that's some different uh, things brought in Shulchan Now, nowadays, um, those crystals that are formed on the side of the barrel are what we call tartaric acid. Um, and tartaric acid is used in winemaking, where it lowers pH. It's used as a dough conditioner for bread. It's used in soft drinks, like it helps, it's really good for grape and lime flavors, where it helps, it adds tartness to the food, and it's used in other places also. And it's also the um, precursor for something called cream of tartar. Now, um, it used to be that, as I mentioned, they would like literally chisel it off the sides of the barrels to get this tartaric acid. But what happened is that that worked fine when wine was stored in wooden barrels or even in cement tanks. But when winemakers started using stainless steel, all of a sudden they, they found out that there was no more tartaric acid. It it just, the crystals just didn't form on the side of the, of the didn't attach themselves to the, to the tank. So they figured out a chemical process through which they could get tartaric acid from all the leftovers um, from winemaking, the peels and the pits and whatever else is left over. Excuse me, they found a way to get the tartaric acid out of those items. Now, so the question is, is that kosher or is it not kosher? Rabelsky said <clears throat> this, this um, tartaric acid made from those 
uh, in the more modern way, is the same as what the Rajba said. It's dried out, and since it's so, dry, so dried out, you're allowed to use this um, tartaric acid, even though it came from non-kosher wine. Now, mo- most of the national hashgachas in the United States accept that, and they're, they would allow that kind of a product into a kosher food. But in Eretz and in many American, what they call Hamish hashgachas, um, they will not accept tartaric acid or cream of tartar as kosher unless it came from actually from kosher wine. So what's going on? What's the, the difference of opinion over here? Why someone should be lenient or strict? Why would someone be strict and not follow what Rabbi Belsky said? So there's three reasons, three main reasons to disagree with what Rabbi Belsky said, that this should be the same as the dried out um, case that the Rajba said. First is that Dr. Chuba has a disagreement about whether um, when the, the, remember the case of the Raja was to use a barrel that had these crystals on it. And that's what the case that he said you, is, is, you, is permitted. And the question is, did the Raja only permit a barrel? Or did he, did he even permit the actual tartaric acid itself to use it as a food item? Okay, the case of the Raja, the case of the Shokhanar Rings, is where it was a, just to use the barrel. So that's one, one is that some people hold, you can only use the barrel, you're not allowed to actually use it as a food ingredient. Second is, in Minchas he follows a, a Taz, who says that the Rajba who me- said this only meant it bidyevit. If it was already done, then you can be lenient. Um, and, but not that you should do this lechachil, you shouldn't choose to use this product. And Rabelsky said, no, other uh, posts can disagree, and they say that you could use it even lechachil. And the last reason to uh, potentially disagree with Rabelsky is that the, the, if you think about what, what happened with the Rajba and Rabbeinu Tam, was Rabbeinu Tam says, being dry is not good enough. It needs to have this timid-like process before it gets dry. And the Rajma says, you know what? Rabbeinu Tam is right. But if it gets super dry, extra dry, then that's when it's going to be mutter, even without doing this timid-like process. And Rabelsky is trying to say that this tartaric acid is the same as the super dry of what uh, the Rajma said. Well, not so clear. What is, what's the difference between dry and super dry? Like, what's the cutoff? What's the one that... Rabbeinu Tam says it's only permitted with a timid-like process, and the Rajma said it's even drier and it's more mutter. And even if we, and if we knew what the cutoff is, um, how well do we know about how the tartaric acid is and whether it's reached that process? It's very vague here as to whether to say that um, that the our tartaric acid that's made nowadays qualifies for a Rajma is not so clear that it actually meets that standard. So those are reasons um, why people would disagree with Rabbeinu But however, it is worth noting that there's, a, there's an alternate reason to permit tartaric acid. And that is, the whole time we've been talking about that this should be permitted based on the Rajba, that the Shulchan Aruch brings in Allah HaTes Vav, that, um, that if it's super dry, then it's mutter, even if it didn't make it like Temet. But we, the, another reason to permit it is because of Rabbeinu Tam, who's brought in Allah HaYadala, which we mentioned, which is Rabbeinu Tam says, when the Gemara says dried out uh, seeds, etc. are permitted, that means if it went through a timid-like process. Well, but actually the process of making tartaric acid from all these leftovers from the winemaking, the peels on the pits and the leaves, the pomace, all this kind of stuff, actually the first step in that part of that process is to recover as much as you can and all kinds of wine or grape-like useful residue off of these um, off off these leftovers. It's for financial reasons. The, that stuff is worth much more than the tartaric acid is, or, or any other tartaric acid will come later. So they do whatever they can. They wash it, they steam, distillation, all kinds of things are done to get as much out of it. And actually, all that happens before they start making tartaric acid out of it. 
So actually, it turns out that the tartaric acid from these leftovers is permitted not necessarily because of the Raj, but we can argue about whether that's correct or not correct, to permit it based on the Raj. We can permit it based on Rebbeinu Tam and the way Shokhanach Ben Halacha Yudalid, which is that if since it actually goes through a temid-like process, after which it gets dried out, and in that case, all should agree um, that the tartaric acid should be permitted, even if it comes from non-kosher wine.